Blog Talk Radio. And welcome today to Community Garden Revolution. And my name is Mary Huckel, the show host, and I'm so glad that you came aboard today to listen to our show. We have an action-packed, information-filled show. I mean, this gal is ready to tell you what they're doing and what uh, all she's been involved with. And it's Wendy Brower. I hope I said it right, Wendy. And it's yeah. 590. Good. <laughs> and it's the group called 596 Acres. They are from New York. She's going to tell us what borough they're from. And uh, when, Miss Wendy, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks so much, Mary. I'm actually well, on thanks. the advise. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, thanks for your time today. Yeah, it was, I apologize. I'm glad you said you're on the advisory uh, board or advisory group for 596 Acres. But she has a wealth of information that she's going to tell us. And, Miss Wendy, please tell us how you all got started and what was the purpose or mission for your group first. Well, um, the group got started by Paula Siegel. She's a lawyer, land use specialist, and a group of really wonderful technologists, especially Eric Brelford, and they created a map of empty vacant, uh, empty city-owned land in Brooklyn. And that mm-hmm. map included 596 acres of vacant land. Oh. And so that's where the organization got its first name. It's also known as livinglots.org. So you can find Living it in Livinglots.org? Lots, livinglots. Livinglots.org. Okay, great. Yeah. And the goal was to help community members find out how could they get involved with changing these vacant pieces of land into beautiful community gardens. And they did this in two ways. In addition to the website where you can click on any of these pieces of land, by the way, it's now citywide. It's not just Brooklyn. Great. Um, uh, Yeah, wonderful. And you can click on any lot and join it and then you get all the email discussion that people are having about the garden. Because it's actually not an easy process to take a piece of land, start working it, and get legal license to it from the city. But Mm -hmm. 596 Acres supports and mentors the groups. So they're part of the conversation, and if you hit a wall with one city agency or you have some problem with a neighbor, Whatever it is, they can help you sort out the problem and get access to that land. And I even discovered 596 Acres through the other means of communication, which is they put the the map up on a vacant lot. So there was one in my neighborhood, and I see this sign, and um, I didn't know that they had just started working in Manhattan. But I could see, oh, there's my garden, my empty lot right across from my house, and I met through it about 10 of my neighbors. And we had one meeting, and we decided we're going to cut the lock on this fenced-in, garbage-filled space and start gardening on it um, in about a month. And Hmm. we did exactly that, but we invited more friends to come and help us. We also had a petition so that people who didn't want to come in and help could still sign the petition. And, you know, we live on the Lower East Side of New York, and we have a lot of foot traffic. So in just one day, we got 250 signatures, and Mm. we had about 20 people working on the lot. And by the end of the day, it was clean, and it had plants in it, 
The New York Times came and did a story about it. A friend came and made a video. And it didn't take us very long at all to make the case before the community board in our neighborhood. And supporting our effort were other community gardeners in the neighborhood. So we are so lucky. Where we live on the Lower East Side, there's a long history of community members helping one another get turn a vacant lot into a real garden. So we actually have 47 community gardens. Ours is wow. 57. We were the, we're the newest one. We got our license in November of 2012, so right after Hurricane Sandy. And we are now one officially part of the park system. So mm-hmm. we're ve- we're very fortunate that a group of, we're with a group of 34 gardens across the city that at the end of the year the city said we're going to take you out of this interim status and make you permanent. Not oh, all congratulations! Are, thank you. We we're really really delighted. And yeah, our, our, our garden now involves about we have about 25 members. And there's actually a, a synagogue right across the street that's one of our members. So um, there's um, the local library uses it for children's events. We have school kids coming in and out, and all kinds of university students come by and help us and pitch in. So isn't that wonderful? Mm-hmm. And like many New Yorkers, we live in a very diverse neighborhood, and there's lots of low-income people who've been here a long time, who can tell us the story of the community and maybe share some foods or flowers that have been grown um, in the garden, but that uh, connect back with their own ethnicity. And it's really Mm -hmm. a wonderful way to share stories and share good ideas about good health. And our garden, like many of the gardens in New York, the soil on the ground is contaminated. So we only grow food in raised beds. And I'm happy to say that in about a month, we're adding another 50% more raised beds in our garden. Great. Because there's so much demand. So many people want to get involved. Yeah, the contamination, uh, a lot of times, like uh, in smaller towns, is from manufacturing. Is that what you all found, is that uh, there's like lead or manufacturing chemicals or that kind of thing? I mean, did you yeah. test the, the land? Oh, yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah, that's I mean, the, they the had part. houses on them. Our, our lots had houses at one time, so there's old lead paint. There may be buried underneath an old um, oil tank, mm-hmm. and, you know, there's, different kinds of problems in different gardens. So everybody says don't grow in the soil except for flowers. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have a lot of flowers. And um, one of the things that listeners might be interested in that people in our garden are taking advantage of, um, SNAP, which is the food stamp program. Did you know you can buy fla- uh, you can buy vegetable seeds and starts with your food stamps? Walmart uh, started that about two years ago. I th- was so excited that they had it, uh, you know, available for people. They even had signs. Now, I don't remember it last year that they had any signs, but yes, ma'am, uh, two years ago, uh, I was so excited that Walmart took the step of offering that in their stores. Oh, I was so excited. Yes. I didn't know about seeds. That's interesting. So you could buy uh, seeds uh, through Snap then? Yes. And there's a website, Snap. 
gardens.org, and they mm-hmm. have all the information about using your food stamps to buy seeds and plants. Well, how about that? That is so wonderful. That is wonderful. We're talking to, we're talking to uh, Wendy Brower, who is with the group called uh, 15, 596 Acres, 596 Acres. She's on the advisory group for this, uh, this group that's there in New York City in the Brooklyn area. And they have done great things in that area, shaking it up. And that's what it's about, isn't it, giving you all quality of life and, and getting something green, fresh to eat and so on. Uh, connection, I guess, with the uh, the neighbors. Yeah. Go ahead. Yep. And we have we treat our gardens like living rooms. You know, there's there's people playing music and people enjoying a nice book. There's people can bring in their pets and of course their kids, <laughs> and it's really nice. And uh, that's so it's cool. Really great way to increase the number of people who are spending time outside. Um, I want to say five ninety six acres also has now shared their system with other cities. So if you go to that website, either the 596 Acres or Living Lots, you can see that they have a a related program that's locally run in Mm -hmm. New Orleans, Los Angeles, I think there's Philadelphia, I think there's about five or six cities now. And if it's something that listeners are interested in, they can contact Living Lots and find out how can we do this in our community to support the growth of more community gardens here. How wonderful. Yeah, that's livinglots.org, and you can go ahead and look it up, folks, and find the information there. Now, I guess what I want to ask is that this past year there was a lot of uh, trending uh, that uh, towns were being asked to redo their ordinances so that they can go ahead and grow community gardens or have food hubs, mm-hmm. uh, more farmers markets in their towns. And so you all, uh, because you're so large, uh, what is the process that you do? You have Do you have to sign a petition or have X amount of signatures on there to state that a particular lot that you're looking at, uh, that you want to make that into a community garden? I mean, you have to get permission. Is that which, how you do it? Or what's your yeah, process that, in that? Our, our process is, um, you know, you need a group of people, and that's why 596 Acres, when they put up that map, they also put up the steps. And so it's a poster, and you can get it off the website that shows you how do you do it. And interestingly, it's not in any order because, in reality, it might not happen in a specific order. You might get the support of your council member long before you get your um, <laughs> you get to have a community board meeting. But generally, mm-hmm. people do have to appear before the community board, and that's where you bring your. Um, petitions and your pictures and your um, your plan, and that can lead to the granting of an interim license. And it can be quite a while, and for us it was three years of continuing wow. to um, develop a relationship not only with ourselves but with the city agencies that made it possible for our lots to be transferred out of housing development and into the parks side of the city. Now, the Mm -hmm. city of New York has a great organization called Green Thumb, and that is part of parks, and they only work with the community gardens. So we can call there and say, we need a load of soil. We need a new fence. It might not happen right away, but this is something the city provides. We also have oh, another org. 
That's great. How we also wonderful. have NYC, which is a not-for-profit. They will bring you a truckload of tools. So remember that first work day where we cut the lock and started working? We had tools from that organization to help us. So Wow. I mean, uh, you had like extra have, tools so that everybody could have something to work with, I guess. Right. So there's a, you can you can request the, to borrow the tools. And, you know, they didn't just leave them with us for a day. We had them for a couple of weeks. So we could do oh. repeated work sessions and very make this, you know, garbage-filled lot into something that was pretty nice. Even the oh, that's wonderful. Year. Wow. Yeah, so you watch also... You watch also when uh, someone tears down a building or maybe they have to, uh, you know, get rid of a, a space or a parking lot or something. So you all are very uh, watchful then with your neighborhood, the changes that you have, because I'm sure in X amount of years you have changes. Every neighborhood does. Wow. That's so X amount then of do you... <laughs> There's so much going on in New York. And so on your a... all's. Mm-hmm. Do you do you get there before a developer then gets the land, yeah. or the or the developer at the time just says, oh, I just don't like the area quite yet, and I'm going to stand back for a while? Well, there's very few empty lots left in New York City that, um, so that's there's a lot of pressure from development, and it's one of the issues we face right now is um, afford the question of affordable housing versus gardens. Which do we need? And we're looking for a middle point, and there are several, but there are there is a group of eight gardens that isn't are not going to be able to continue as gardens, unfortunately, mm-hmm. it looks like, and instead will be built on. So all of us work together. There's one blanket organization called New York City Community Garden Coalition. So it's nyccgc.org, and mm-hmm. they help. They keep track of all of this as well, and are, you know, if there's a garden in danger, everybody tries to do what we can to publicize it, to support it, to sign letters so that the garden can stay. Once there's a building on an empty lot, it's going to be a long time before you can actually think about it as a community space again. And we're we have, um, you know, eight million people in this city, so there's a lot of pressure. That's a lot. Even and even our little garden, we're getting in our neighborhood a thousand new apartments over the next four mm. years. So wow. that's how many people and how little green space. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's really a difficult can be a difficult issue in New York, but we're all working together. And I wanted to mention that group, the Community Garden Coalition, is mm-hmm. the recipient now of a two million dollar New York State grant for a program called Gardens Rising. And Mm -hmm. it is creating a whole new reason for community gardens, and that is to um, reduce the amount of flooding that's caused when it rains. So the gardens Mm -hmm. are building in green infrastructure, rain gardens and rainwater collection systems. We've had some of that, but this is a much more concerted effort to build things. I don't know if you know what a bioswale is, yeah, don't know that one, no. It's It looks on the surface a little bit like a tree pit, a planted area in the sidewalk, but it really is collecting the rainwater. There's, it's got, got a layer of rocks in it, that mm-hmm. you know, gravel that holds rainwater and doesn't allow it to flood into the street. Mm-hmm. And the city has been building these um, 
in several places where there's where flooding is an issue, and this is a chance for the community gardeners to say we're going to uh, work on we're going to take care of one that's right outside our gates and mm. kind of extend the garden into the street and also um, slow down the rainwater. We have a um, old sewer combined sewer system here, so mm-hmm. even when it rains just a tenth of an inch we end up with raw sewage in the river because the rainwater overflows the sewage treatment system. Yep. So it's it's a mess. It's, it's and it's it's of course it's really not not the kind of pollution you want. <laughs> so so this is an area this neighborhood of 47 gardens is going to be the first place to you um work with this new funding to build in these these new kinds of systems. So Oh how about congratulations. Thank you. It's been very interesting so far. We're all learning a lot about things gardens can do that we hadn't really thought about before. You know, we're a coastal community. We've already had Hurricane Sandy flood a good portion of the neighborhood. Yes, you have. This is a very Yes, you have. And were you all affected greatly from that then as far as any kind of uh, water rising? Um, because evidently, Sierra uh, Town goes through that too. That's where they're going through a lot of stuff with the EPA right now. Last few years they have been. But um, did you find that it was flooding out the garden space at all or, or were you lucky mm-hmm. that? Oh, it did. Now, oh. My garden wow. was fine, but several gardens in our 47 garden network were flooded and they, everything had to go. So hmm. all the topsoil was removed, all the planter boxes were removed, and basically a group of gardens kind of had to start over. Wherever oh, it was yeah. flooded, that soil had to go. We also lost a lot of street trees. And we lost just in one park over 80 trees. Hmm. So, and then, so that's just in this neighborhood. Um, and, of course, hmm. neighborhoods like um, the Rockaways, had really huge devastation. They still haven't bounced back in some places. Mm-hmm. So what we learned from Sandy, though, is that communities that know how to work together before there's a disruption come back faster. So oh, how neighborhood, Yeah, so my neighborhood, which already had the gardens as one of the means by which we all work together, was very quick to come back, even though we had five days without electricity and a lot mm-hmm. of problems. Oh, I know we watched it on the TV, on the Internet. We were feeling for you, believe me. We were feeling for you. The uh, Boston people, when they got so much snow two winters back, um, they had on the Internet different uh, community garden groups. They went out there, believe it or not, they have a lot of snow. And those community garden people went out there and they cleared the pathway so that you could see all the snow all all over everywhere else. And here's these little areas cut out where their community gardens were. <laughs> I thought that was neat. Yeah, yeah. They need their yeah, priorities. We, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really important, you know, that we think about our gardens in all seasons. And climate change is, you know, creating all kinds of new pressures. It's really important if you have an empty lot, at least get some green on it, and then it becomes a carbon sink. If it's just a bare dirt lot, it's not doing much to... Uh, help slow down climate change. But even if you can, I don't know if people out there are seed bombing empty lots, but that's one of the things that happens around here. People make little balls of compost with seeds in them and throw Mm. them over a fence in an area that's closed off, and that little flower will take root and start to spread. 
So oh. it looks better, but it's actually also much better for the environment. You're helping bees and other pollinators. You're creating oxygen. You're also now um, creating a CO2 sink. So it's a very good thing to do. Oh, how wonderful. How wonderful. Also, uh, I think you were part of a, a, a group, uh, something about the green map systems. Can you tell yeah. us about that? You were director of that. Evidently, you do all kinds of things around there in New York. And we want to uh, tell the folks, you know, what what you do, because uh, bottom line, they learn from that and they see what other towns are doing. And even if they get one little idea or thought of what their town can do that helps uh, so many people you know get food so tell us about this uh director of of the green map systems what does that mean okay so back in 1992 i was really inspired by the earth summit that was the united nations conference that took part in place in brazil and it was the, the first time Governments were talking about what can we do about the environment and sustainability together. And I thought, well, well, the people who are coming to New York to plan this know that New York City is actually making progress. So I made a map. And the reason I made a map is because they're really easy for anybody to understand. And it gives you a new perspective on on a place. It gives so... I went out and researched, I had help from a lot of friends, what's going on around the city, and in just six weeks, we mapped out 145 places in New York City, and of course, Mm. the community gardens were there, but we also had some organic food stores, bike lanes, we had places where you could drop off your recycling or composting, Um, we had reuse places, all sorts of stuff was on that map. And it turned out to be really popular because people were surprised that New York City had anything going on. And mm-hmm. we also could include in it nature. And it's we actually have an abundant nature. It's just clustered very tightly in some of the big parks mm-hmm. and the community gardens. But so <laughs> people like the map. And I started getting phone calls from people and letters. And this is before the Internet, of course. Yeah. how did we make that map? And could they make one for their community? So I started creating tools and uh, an iconography. We created a symbol system that people use all over the world. And so if you use a green map, say you're in uh, China, you'll be able to find the community gardens there because it uses the same symbol as the green oh. map of Detroit. So Wow. Yeah, so that was really our big innovation was the symbol system. Wow. People use it like an inventory because you might think, okay, we've got nothing here. But then you look at the the iconography and you say, oh, we have libraries, so that's good because it's not just information, it's also reuse. We have a secondhand store, we have a farmer's market, we have a community garden, and all of a sudden you start realizing, oh, we have a bunch of stuff going on here. And it helps people who are either thinking, I, I want to get more involved. It helps them tell them how they can take action. It helps people think about improving their neighborhoods. So they might go across town and go see some of the things that are happening right, you know, a couple mm-hmm. miles away. And how do we get this going here? It helps build networks. And it also encourages tourism. 
So there's all kinds of interesting job potential in it, too. So long story short, Green Map is now spread to 65 countries. And we wow. have over 900 projects now, all locally led. So we're providing the tools, and if they needed a little bit of consulting, but everybody's doing their own thing with it. So we can work with city agencies or uh, not-for-profits. We've worked with churches and schools and kids' groups. All sorts of folks are leading these projects. And if you're interested in knowing more, greenmap.org has the information and has lots of maps from all over. There may even be a map already underway in your community that you can help pitch in on. And, of course, over the years we've created interactive tools and youth tools, all kinds of engagement resources, because what we found that's really important is when you put a map down and people start talking about what do we have and what do we need, it really can be very powerful. And it helps people break down barriers um, between maybe government and community or between different parts of the community. And you start to realize we all live here together and we all need to do work together if we're going to make it a better place. That's Um, right, Gal. And you said tourism. So you do uh, tours then of the different gardens or you have events maybe Mm -hmm. around that or what do you Mm -hmm. do there? We have, Green Map has done many tours over the years. In fact, um, we mostly do them by bicycle and partly because you can cover more ground. And we also want people to become more familiar with riding in the city. So one of our most recent maps is called Lower East Ride. And we made it after Hurricane Sandy and we show where all the bike share locations as well as all the different bike groups in in one area just so you can start riding on an everyday basis. So I ride all year round. Um, I actually mm-hmm. have a cutoff, 95 degrees. I don't ride when it's hotter than that. <laughs> I don't do much of it either, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not so great in the snow, so that's, those are two things I don't, don't do. But I use my bicycle every single day, and I save a lot of energy, and <laughs> right. I save a lot of money. And, right. Um, I and you get healthy. I'm the first person there. I'm, health, I'm a little healthier because of it, too, so it's all good. New York City now has a bike lane. Um, and, um, we have 6,000 miles of streets, and we now have 1,000 miles of bike lanes. And many oh, impressive. Of them, yeah, and there, many of them are buffered. So there's a line of parked cars that actually protects you from the moving cars now. We're adding so probably about eight eight blocks in our town uh, coming up. So we're that's great. <laughs> Yeah, eight blocks, but it leads downtown and it gives them a lot right along the river, so that makes a good oh, little uh, bicycle thing. Yes, it does. So we're not quite mm-hmm. one thousand miles there, but we're we're getting there. <laughs> One of oh the my gosh, that's like it's called street films, and it's all kinds of interesting. There's short little three minute films about different things people are doing to um, balance the streets, and of course some of that does connect to the gardens because you're going to want to take all your compost out in the back of your bike. That's one good thing you can do. And mm-hmm. that's one of the great things about New York gardens is many of them do have composting. So they're helping reduce the uh, garbage, you know, the cost of garbage to the city, which is, mm-hmm. you know, about $400 a ton here. It's very expensive. Mm. And the community gardens then get the rich soil that composting makes for continuing to grow more and more plants. 
So it's a very nice mm. closed loop. Oh, you are an encyclopedia of knowledge. I mean, you're impressive, gal. You are impressive. We've been talking to the folks there at 596 uh, Acres there in New York City, Brooklyn, and this has been Wendy Brower, and uh, she's on the advisory group, and she's also the director of the Green Map Systems. Look it up, greenmap.org, and she also has done tours uh, that they help promote tours, and then they also just got a recent grant of $2 million, folks. That's $2 million in a state grant uh, to do something with gardening. I guess it's called Gardeners Rising, uh, which uh, helps collect stormwater and uh, rainwater. I mean, you are a wealth of information, and I appreciate you being on the program today. I mean, I could talk. I could talk a longer. <laughs> we're we're going to wrap it up here, and we're going to play this for the people uh, that we're sending out to the different radio stations across the nation. And um, we're also going to put uh, you all in the magazine, uh, the digital magazine called Community Garden. I'll send you a copy of that so you can oh, also tell terrific. what the site is to the people. Right, it's free. You know, it's a digital magazine. And we are so excited about all the work that you're doing, and I appreciate your time. I have started three nonprofit groups when I was much, much younger, and I know, Gal, what you're going through, and you have a passion for this, and we need more (laughs) people in America like you. You just have a passion for it. Well, you have a passion for it and the knowledge, and that's what it's about. And, uh, boy, you need to clone you. (laughs) (laughs) You need to be cloned. You know, this is part of the idea is what we're doing here can actually be done there as well and have all kinds of good things. You can help get your city policy changed and encourage more growing and more local food. It's so good for everybody, good for you, good for the community, and good for the planet. So, Mary, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure being on your show. Oh, it's being an honor to me, gal. I'm just so honored. I'm blown away. I, you you have the passion and desire the knowledge, and I just hope there's so many more people like you in New York, which I'm sure there's some, but you're the one. <laughs> We've been talking to Wendy Brower, and she's a, on the advisory group of the 596 Acres, my honor and delight. Thank you, folks, for listening today, and uh, listen to it again. I hope your station's played again so you can listen to this. You have been listening to Community Garden Revolution. I'm Mary Hugo, show host, and thanks for coming. Have a great Community Garden Day. Thank you. Take care. Miss Wendy, you rock. I'm telling you, I'll send you a copy of this program, so at least then you'll have it. It takes... 10 to 15 minutes for the process, and I'll send it to you. And then I'm going to splice it for this week's uh, show. Uh, instead of running something uh, that's, um, you know, something we've run in the past, which I do around the holidays, I'm going to send this one because this is too much information. And uh, we'll play it again <laughs> like two, three weeks. It's wonderful. And we're going to play it oh, about two, three weeks so from much now. For what you're so doing. it's really important to say the way you're reaching people. So I so appreciate that. Oh, I thank you. I mean, bottom line, they spent $30 million to get 76% jump on uh, farmer's markets. And Mm. we came close to two companies, one particular last year, that we could do something similar but not spend so much money on it. And we knew a pathway to get it done. So we're just kind of biding our time to be able to do that so at least then more community gardens can be started. So it's just biding your time. (laughs) 
Oh, Gal. Well, my honor and pleasure, and uh, I appreciate it so very much for your time. And we are covering anyway because I tweet back and forth with the NYCCGC folks, and we've got them in there, and I'm going to have you in there. And oh, I'm going good. to also mention, yeah, I already had the big because I said, I'm going to mention you all because they retweeted me last week after a show, which they do anyway. And we've done this for not quite a year, but almost. And uh, then uh, the Earth Summit thing, I think I'll do the greenmap.org. I'll make a mention on that for you. So I hope you mm-hmm. like what I come up with. And, of course, we'll mention 596 acres, you know. And, uh, yeah, so I appreciate it because I cannot believe the wealth of information. This is just wonderful. And the people out there need that. Well, we appreciate all what you're doing, gal, and keep with it uh, because you're shining the light for others, and that's what people need. They just want to know, you know, can they do it? How is someone else doing it? How can we make it through? That's just what they need. So, and you, you were just wonderful, and I appreciate all the work that you've done. Congratulations oh, to you. you. Thank you so much. You've made my day. Have well, a beautiful one. Hey, happy, happy day to you, and happy Easter to you and your family. You as well, Mary. Take care. Thank you, ma'am. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye.